Okay, hi everyone. So today this will probably be the first uh, the first interview I will do for a series of interviews with people that have been personally affected in a way or another by gender ideology when applied politically or at the societal level. So today I'm going to talk with someone we will identify as Matmir to protect her true identity. Uh, she is the person behind the Facebook page and Twitter account, No Puberty Blocker for Children. So, uh, to start off with, uh, I would like you to give us a brief account of your story. Notably, uh, I know that uh, this concerns your family, so what really happened in your family and what family members are involved? Um, my, the family members involved is uh, my daughter and my grandson. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, two years ago, my daughter um, informed me that my grandson, who was, was at the time uh, just barely seven, he was three months shy of seven, so he's still technically you know, six. Um, that he is now a girl. Um, me and my husband couldn't understand that, you know, how, we didn't know nothing about that and stuff. And um, so I tried to, you know, we tried to be open about it at first because I, she, when she was 25, she came out as a lesbian and met this woman. They dated for about a year and a half and then they got married. Then six months after they married, the spouse decided to transition. And in the meantime, my grandson was only three or four at the time. And so I believe that, you know, part of his reasoning this is happening is because of the living situation. But when, you know, my daughter went through all those changes and everything, me and my husband were supportive. Uh, we didn't really understand it. But we, you know, supported, went to the wedding, uh, even supported the transition of the spouse. But then, you know, when all this came out with my grandson, and like I said, just barely seven, shy of seven, we're like, me and my husband were like, what? You know, how is that? And so we, you know, we listened to them and, you know, tried to get a more understanding. And we were allowed to go and see his clinical social worker who only had seen him a few times and she tried to convince us that, you know, we talked about brainwashing and she said, no, children can't be brainwashed, which anybody can be brainwashed. Um, then she uh, told, she looked me in the eye and said, your granddaughter does not think she's a girl. She is a girl. The look on my face, I was, I absolutely went nuts on her. And um, me and my husband ended up storming out of there. And then from there, I kept doing more research and stuff. And, you know, I would look up stuff on the transgender side and it'd be like questioning. Then I'd look on the other side and, and all that sounded logical. I mean, children don't need puberty blockers to prevent themselves from going through puberty because puberty is part of a natural process of becoming an adult. Mm -hmm. And so the more research I did and I tried to explain to my daughter 
but you know, this stuff doesn't make sense, the more adamant she became that she had a daughter now. And if me and my husband did not go along with the ideology, then we weren't allowed to have any contact with them. Um, I haven't seen him in over a year now. Uh, he just turned nine at the beginning of this month, and um, I'm really scared that they're going to start him on puberty blockers because when this first all happened, another thing that shocked me was that my daughter was so excited of the prospect of him being able to go on puberty blockers when he's nine, and that still was two years away. What mother gets excited about that? I, I, I'm certainly not excited about it. So, um, in the meantime, all I've been doing is just, you know, doing as much research as I can and, you know, getting the word out there because people don't realize what's going on with their children. And the more research I've been doing, the more things I've been finding out. And, you know, the, the transgender, you know, have all these, um, I can't think of the word, you know, fights and stuff that they want us to stand by them for. And people are standing by them because they think it's all about love and acceptance without realizing there's so much more that's going on around us with the children that, you know, somebody needs to speak up and let people know. You know, this is not just about love and acceptance and transgender rights. You know, transgender rights, you know, they have the same rights as everybody. And that's human rights. Their rights should not override other people's rights, and that's what it's doing. You know, they're teaching um, children in kindergarten that they can be any gender or race that they want to be. You know, that's it's confusing the minds of these you know young children, uh, teens. Uh, there's an explosion of teens that are going to clinics, and. You know, um, I've been doing research on this thing called uh, rapid onset gender dysphoria. And that's what they're calling it because it's like an onslaught of these teens that are going to these clinics thinking that they could change their body because I think it's mostly because of, you know, social media and stuff like that and, you know, being popular and, um, you know, everybody's doing it type thing. But the transgender say, oh, no, these are just teens that are, you know, finding themselves and coming out. Well, why is it all of a sudden, just in the last couple of years, thousands of teens are coming out? You know, um, it just none of it makes any sense to me. Yeah, right. But just to understand a bit better your story, have your daughter ever shown any signs of supporting this kind of ideology before having started this relationship she's in now? Never. Never. He had, was always a typical little boy. I mean, it's it, nowadays it's hard to say that, what a typical boy is supposed to be, but uh, everybody knows what a typical boy is and what a typical girl is. And that's where all the confusion is, is that people want to change change that. And it's, it's fine if a boy plays with a doll, but it's still a boy. And, um, you know, when I say he did typical things, that boys do. I mean, it's hard to explain what that means because they're trying to change the meaning of it. And so, I mean, but he never acted like what a little girl would act like. Mm -hmm. And do you know who decided to take your grandson to a gender therapist? 
I'm not really sure how she decided to go that route. I believe um, she probably got the idea off of some social media um, uh, with her spouse. When you know, I first was talking to my daughter about this, she says, oh, mom, you got to watch I Am Jazz. I'm like, I Am Jazz? She goes, oh, yeah, I let my grand, you know, she lets my grandson watch it. And I watched like three videos of it. And I was like, you let a six-year-old kid watch this? That was my first thought. And then I'm like, what kind of mother would exploit her child on TV like that? Um, I really don't want to talk too much about the show. Um, but I just, I was mortified that my daughter let my grandson watch that. Um, so I just think between that and him seeing what was going on with the spouse and how that she could be a girl one day and then all of a sudden not be a girl. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, you, you met with the clinical social worker who's following your grandson. What did he told you about this case? Uh, she, she basically told me that at first, you know, let him, you know, go with the flow and, and just, you know, let him do what he wants, wear what he wants. And um, that was the first visit. And when I explained, you know, the situation with my daughter and the spouse, and she said, oh, no, that couldn't have anything to do with it. And I'm like, well, it has everything to do with it. And then um, it was the second visit that I exploded um, and she told me that my grandson was my granddaughter. And uh, my husband tried to talk to her about, you know, the puberty blockers and she made it sound like it was nothing, like taking candy. And so that's why I started doing research on it. And the more research I tried to do on it is they don't have any um, long-term studies on this mm -hmm. and, and and the thing is is the short-term study on it for children that have precocious puberty um you know they, they're finding out all these negative results you know 20 years later um thousands of them and those are for children that took them you know for a year or two and you want to put that kind of drug on a child from you know nine or ten to you know, 16 if they decide to go on to the hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've tried to, I've asked numerous people, and I still have not found an answer to this day, is what happens if a child starts at 9 and gets to be 16 and doesn't go on? He changes his mind. Mm -hmm. Does he get, you know, that puberty back? Um, you know, I mean, little boys, they lose their private pot, do they get that back? Does it, you know, does it grow back or what happens? And nobody has an answer. You know, I've asked doctors, I've asked different people and nobody has an answer whether or not, you know, a 16 year old boy is going to be able to fully function again as a man if he stays that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, and you told me that you are informed by other people about your grandson's situation and that you know that they have already changed his name and treat him as a girl and also in school, right? Yep, they have already legally changed his name um, and he presents himself socially everywhere he goes. Um, like I said, I don't really know much in the last past year because I haven't seen him in a year. 
um, except from pictures that people share to me or uh, stuff like that. Um, and from the pictures I see, he still uh, socially dresses as a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so your daughter was excited at the prospect of him starting puberty blockers uh, when he turned nine. He, he's already nine now. So do you know if they're following on that or not? Um, that I don't know. Um, I would assume that if he's already started stage two puberty, that, you know, they're going to follow through with everything else that they've already followed through with. Um, again, that's just an assumption on my part. Um, so uh, that's the only answer I can give for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, another important thing. Why can't you see your grandson now? Um, because I won't accept the ideology. Um, when before this year, we would have him and we treated him with love and respect, but I would not talk to my daughter about him being a girl. Like if I talked to her, I said his real name. I said him. I use all the male pronouns and she would not accept that. And I'm not going to change my beliefs. And so because of that, um, she won't. Um, but every time we've had him, you know, he acted like a little boy in girls' clothes. And, you know, we've, we've taken him places. And one of the biggest fights we had was um, it was wintertime and we had him. And when I went to go put see what he had for clothes, he had a summer dress. And when I when she found out the next day um, that I did not put that dress on him in the middle of winter, she went ballistic and um, and I tried to tell her, I said, you know, it's 10 degrees out where we were, you know, where we are. And I'm like, it's 10 degrees out. He cannot be wearing a summer dress. I mean, the girls, the clothes he had on the day before were girls' clothes, but they were girl jeans and a girl... Sure, I rewashed those and I put those back on, but that wasn't good enough. And so, um, because we won't agree with the ideology, uh, we're not allowed to have contact. I've tried contacting numerous lawyers. Lawyers won't touch the case because um, we're grandparents. And grandparents' rights are tough to fight on a regular day, but then you add this to it, Lawyers don't want the um, attention. They don't want, you know, the controversy. And so they won't, nobody will help. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I would pay a million dollars if I could see my grandson on a regular basis. But, you know, and I don't know how to do the work myself. And uh, so it's been, it's been a tough ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe so. So, and so you did some research. What, what did you find that make you worry about the possibility of these things that people are saying about your grandson being all false? Being what? What was that last word? Uh, false. Um, I believe that, you know, children should be children. And if, you know, by affirming a false belief that you can biologically change your sex is more damaging than anything. 
Um, and then you want to get these drugs that are not, you know, they're not labeled for this use. They're off market. Um, and they just don't know what the long-term results are going to be. And they're doing it anyways. And um, I, you know, it, a lot of states are starting to pass these conversion therapy laws, and which I already thought they were already out there for, you know, the gays, lesbians, and bisexuals that, you know, that you couldn't, you know, make them change their minds. And to me, I see that these clinics are doing conversion therapy. They're converting these children and convincing them that they can change their sex. And it's biologically impossible. You know, just because you surgically remove body parts and you add, change it to different parts, you're still the person, you're still the body that you were born with, you know, and um, it's just, I just see it getting so out of control and, and the teens are getting out of control thinking that they can do this and these clinics are affirming it, you know, instead of trying to work with their mind, they, they're trying to change, change the body instead of change the mind when the um, there's nothing wrong with the body, you know, the body is fine. Um, it's the mind that really needs some working with. And um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah but, but it's really appalling what people are doing now. Uh, and so you started this Facebook page and Twitter account, No, no Puberty Blocker for Children. Uh, how and why did you do so? And I know you also wanted to talk about other organizations uh, which mm -hmm. you are part of and that you know. Right. I started the um, No Puberty Blockers on um, page because when all this first happened, I was ranting and raving on my own personal page. And, you know, I even though I had support and stuff, I was getting these messages from people, you know, saying, you know, you really should start your own page. You know, people don't want to, I don't want to say they don't want to hear about it. They just, you know, they don't, basically don't want to hear it. They, you know, they don't want to get involved. And, you know, a couple of people said, you know, suggested that I started a page, and I did. So I started a page, and um, a lot of people that are on my regular page joined that page. But it seems different to hear it there than to, sit, you know, hear it and see it on your own personal page. So I start. That's how I started that. And then I started joining um, a couple of groups, and they're the ones that you know, a lot of them, you know, was telling me about Twitter. I didn't know nothing about Twitter, um, you know. So, but everybody's saying you gotta go on Twitter. You gotta go on Twitter. You have a lot to say, and people will listen. And so I did. And I started my um, Twitter account uh, the middle of December, and I have almost 700 followers already. And you know, and people are starting to wake up. And I think that's really important because I feel like the transgender activists are trying to shut everybody down. And, you know, we're losing our rights, you know, to free speech. If we um, talk about our concerns, we're considered bigots and transphobic and hateful. You know, what is hateful about being concerned about children being on blockers that could ruin the rest of their lives? How can that be hateful or bigot? Yet, 
they manage to fight it and have people shut down. I've seen so many Twitter accounts be blocked and suspended just because they voiced an opinion. You know, uh, if you say that trans women are men, Twitter will shut you down. Um, I, you know, I've been trying to, you know, I think that trans women are men. You know, only men could be trans women, therefore trans women are men. And how anybody can fight that logic, I don't understand. But if you say it, you get shut down. Um, there's a lot of things that you get shut down for saying. And it's like, you know, how come they have all the rights to say what they want, but we can't say well, how we feel? And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this video today, too, because, you know, people need to be able to have freedom of speech and, and have discussions about these things. And, you know, I'm just voicing my opinion. Doesn't mean anybody has to believe me or listen to me, but I think what I'm saying is very logical. Um, if you you look at the, you know, the, the difference between biology and someone thinking that they're the opposite set, which one sounds logical? To me, it's biology, but you can't fight the person that thinks the other way. The other way. So, um, and, and the other thing is, you know, there's a lot of things that children are not allowed to do until they're 18, you know, or in 21. You can't drink, you can't smoke, you know, can't vote, um, but yet they can go into these clinics and, and, and be able to take drugs and change their body. Um, that doesn't sound logical to me either. So I don't know if before we finish, you want just to let people know about other groups you're part of, or if you just want to give me the information and then I leave it at the end of the video. How do you want to do? Um, sure, um, I can mention a few of them and then you could still add, add it to the end. You and you can put it in. Um, there's a couple of them. Um, you mentioned my Facebook page, and then we followed um, on Twitter at May One. Mm -hmm. um, there's a uh, transgendertrend.com. Uh, there's Hands Across the Isles, uh, which is uh, Hands Across the Isles for Women.com. Uh, there's a woman named Lily Maynard who has a really great blog about all of this stuff. Um, and she's Lily Maynard at wordpress.com. And then there's uh, Gender Critical Support Group, which when I started, I believe it was in um, October. I think I was like number 90 something. It has over 500 and something people. And just, you know, that's how many parents are coming out and crying that these teens, you know, these the teens are going through this. and. Uh, the children are being diagnosed with gender dysphoria, and um, so I think that was it. And, and there's many more. If you follow me on on Twitter, um, many groups and many supporters that uh, agree with uh, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Matmir, it was really a pleasure to have you on, and I have to tell you that. 
it was really brave of you to coming forth and to decided to having done this this interview because it's really not easy to show your face nowadays with all that is being going going on so uh, so uh, keep on with the good work and stay strong uh, and and again thank you for participating well, thank you for letting me do this. Um, I did want to say one more thing. I would love to dedicate this video to my grandson so he will always know how much I love him. Mm -hmm. Great, great. That's really a, a good way to end this. And so take care and bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you appreciate my work, please consider supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash the dissenter. Thank you.